the, the Fitzy and Whipper podcast. Really, really excited about this because the Resilience Project, well, I tell you what, it has got bigger and bigger and there's a lot of noise around it as well. And what the man behind it, you can go see at the Sydney Opera House on September 10. And to get more uh, info on this tour, go to theresilienceproject.com.au. It is the magnificent Hugh Van Kylenberg. Hugh, welcome, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hugh, firstly, uh, let's talk about the word resilience because this is how it started. And we recently, congratulations, we saw when Queensland won the Origin Game 3. You've got Billy Slater referencing the talk that you gave to the boys. Firstly, can, can you talk us through what you do with teams and what you said to the Queensland team? Yeah, I, I think as a Melbourneian who's worked with the Queensland, is I might be the most unpopular guest you've ever had on your... <laughs> that's, okay. that's okay. We're going to try and put our team aside and, and work out what the messaging really is and how we can benefit from it. Yeah, okay. Well, one of the things I've, I've worked... I've been very lucky to work with a lot of elite sporting teams and what I've found is one of the common traits of really successful sides is that they... There's a, like they have this sort of mindset of just they're very grateful for the... Like they're just... I remember sitting down with Billy Slater in about February. It was February this year and he first caught up with me and said, I'd love you to work with the Queenslanders this year. I'd love you to do this. We could do this. We could do that. And I don't follow rugby league at all. So I said, yeah, sounds good. And I said, um, and I said, Who, who's, um, incidentally, who's coached this year? And he, and he said, oh, that, uh, that's me. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, good start. Uh, it, was a great, it was a great start. But um, what I've found is that the elite sporting teams that play really well, they're just really happy with the opportunity that I've got. They don't worry too much about the outcome. They don't worry about what if I don't get picked, what's my salary, what's my contract. It's more just as a, as a kid growing up, it was my dream to, for example, play State of Origin. What am I doing right now? I'm playing State of Origin. And I just focus on the stuff they do have rather than worry about the things that they don't have or the things that might go wrong or the things outside of their control. Well, Hugh, that's a, a that's a great point. And, and team environment, a lot of people, and it doesn't have to be with sport, Hugh, it's, it's with work and, and your life as well. But uh, there's a lot of people that, that they can't really, um, well, they can't deal with a team environment. There's a lot of individuals. I, I know when I was playing footy at the Sydney Swans, when I was there, there were a lot of individuals and a lot of guys that were going out there and trying to get their possessions up and mm-hmm. looking after their game. It was interesting that when I left the Sydney Swans, you they brought in a no dickhead policy and then they started winning, which was really weird with the year that they got rid of me. <laughs> But, but it, it is really, really interesting that when you have a cancer in a team like that or someone that is individual and doesn't want to be a part of the team environment, how it can bring everybody else down. I was on the plane on the way up to State of Origin camp, uh, like to, you know, before the first game, it was a 10-day camp, and I was literally studying their faces. On, I was, I'd printed out all their faces, all their names, all their backgrounds, so I didn't know who anyone was. Yeah. And when I was looking at them, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, not only are these gin- ginormous men, they're also ginormous names. They're, they're like they're big time, like they're amazing. Yep. And so, but they were kind of the opposite of what I'd expected when I got into camp. They were the most humble, um, down to earth. I mean, I'm a no one. Like I, I came yes. from Victoria of someone who has no idea about rugby league. No. But it, they were so warm, so inviting, so welcoming. Yep. Um, and I, th- I think that sort of speaks to your point there, Fitzy. I, I really think. There was no one there who was really focused on, you know, I need to be the best player of the series. I need to be, I need to stand out here. I need to be the man or whatever. During the first camp, in my first presentation, I said, put your hand up if it was your dream to play State of Origin as a kid. And every single hand went up. 
And I said, look what you're doing right now. Have a look at this. Mm. How lucky are you? And a smile's on her face because I already knew. I don't think they really needed me, to be honest. I no. think it was a bit of a waste of time. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, you know, they got it. Great gratitude. Great gratitude is the ability to pay attention to what you've got, not worry about what, you know, what you don't have. And we struggle with that in Australia. We spend so much time focusing on the stuff we don't have. We have got so much mm. um, here in Australia. We, we miss the things we have all the time. And, and these boys, we're, we're incredibly grateful group. Um, the Resilience Project does a lot of work, obviously, with schools as well as, as businesses and sporting teams. What's sort of one of the main things you try and enforce to the kids that obviously parents listening as well could carry that message at home? Because it is something that with kids... As a parent, you, you know, and you would know this, that you want to be able to, you know, support them to be resilient, to grow up with that. I think the main message, I mean, we, we preach gratitude, empathy and mindfulness. They're the three tenets of what we speak about. But I was thinking about this the other night and I think we've got around 420,000 kids doing our curriculum every day around Australia. Awesome. And I was and I was looking through our curriculum and I, and I think one of the main points we try and get across is that you are enough. Mm. You know, as you are right now, you are enough. We're also desperately trying to achieve a certain amount of success, you know, a certain amount of popularity to be, you know, earn a certain amount of money, whatever it is. Mm. And I think deep down we're all trying so hard to be accepted, to belong, to be recognised, which is all fine. But I think we need to understand that we are enough as we are. You know, we are enough right now. And I think it is so important kids hear that at a young age that, hey, the way you are right now, you are enough. Mm. It, that is so important because I didn't have that from my old man Hugh. I didn't no. have I didn't have that at all, and I, and I look back now and I've spoke. You know what? The the best thing is Hugh is that my old man and I have sat down and spoken about this because I, I there were years there where I go. There's no way I can bring this up with Dad. Mm. He will think this is a sign of weakness. He he won't want to talk to me about it. But Hugh, the day that I did, I remember he broke down with tears and he said. I am so glad that you did this. And in a way, I resented him because I'm like, you should have been the one that having this conversation, not your son. But now it is unbelievable how just a simple chat like that can change your life and the relationship that I have with my father. Now, we hug each other. We never did that before. We say I love you to each other. We never, ever did that before. Incredible. I mean, it's such a huge act of vulnerability on your part to do that. It's funny you say that. Just looking back on on the camp I had with the Origin boys, I think that was a big part of. I was really asking them to be vulnerable and just yeah. to you know say I love you, um, to tell the people that you love that you love them, all that kind of stuff. Because the more vulnerable you are, the more authentically connected you are, and that's exactly what you've experienced with your old man. And I and I just I, I love that Fitzy. Yeah. Share the other thing too when you flip the coin then um, and I loved your podcast the interview with Missy Higgins um, and she spoke about the, how she was uh, the anxiety and the nerves she would have about releasing new music um, and am I any good can I do this so um, there's the idea of being um, believing that you're enough but when it comes to needing the strength required to take a leap or back yourself, how do you drive people towards finding that strength? Yeah, I think a lot of us don't take that step or we don't take a risk because we're so scared of failing. Especially in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think so many of us are really scared of failure and I think it, it holds so many of us back. But failure is it is so important yes. to fail. We're, we're all, we, we all fail all the time. We stuff up all the time. It took me about an hour to work out the tech stuff to get this in. <laughs> we, 
But, but, but that's but that's part of our stories, you know. Mm. We're, we're human beings, you know, we're imperfect. We stuff up all the time, we fail. But And I think we need to embrace that a little bit more. I mean, we we spoke about, I started to just come back to Start of Origin, we, we spoke about all the failures they've had along the way to get to where they are and how they have actually been the most important part of their journey. And they are there because of their failures throughout their career mm. and the things they've learned throughout their failures. You know, losing last year, Daily Cherry Evans spoke about the pain of losing last year. But he's turned his pain into drive. He's turned his failure into a success. Mm. Um, and I think that's where to come back to your question. I, I think Missy Higgins talking about that. You know, Missy, I don't think Missy <laughs> realizes that she's famous, or, the, or I know no. she knows she's quite really. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't realize how good she is. No, she doesn't at all. Um, but it's funny. It's a. It's a. We had Glenn Robbins on our podcast, The Imperfects, the other day, and he spoke about his self-doubt that he gets when he goes on panel shows and he said I just sit there and I get stressed and I think am I am I, am I being funny should I say this what will people wow. think of me and I think I thought if Glenn Robbins yeah. has self-doubt doing a panel show in my head mm. that's like like LeBron James getting self-doubt before basketball yes. like he's mm. like Glenn Robbins. so I think it's important to remember that we all experience self-doubt we all have this inner critic which just nags at us all the time we all have this inner critic and I think it's important to just accept that yeah we're human that's that's part of being human we all doubt ourselves from time to time but I think remembering it's okay to fail it's okay to stuff up and embracing that as part of who we are and knowing that we're enough like yeah. I'm enough yeah. I, I don't need to absolutely nail this interview it'd be nice but if I don't I'm still enough on the other side of the coin Hugh is that when you do succeed and, and and Hugh you're killing this interview congratulations I don't know if it's the first one you ever had <laughs> it's really good for me too but, but see when you do th that's the thing that becomes addictive mm. is that you want that feeling all the time and failing is so good and I'm trying to teach my boys that now is that you can learn from this and find that drive um, they're never, never going to make that mistake again and my boys now you know with footy and stuff like that as well they'll have a good win or they'll have a great game and I'll see the smile on their face afterwards and I'll go you know that feeling you've yeah, got now? Chase that. You chase that every time. And you know what? You won't get it every time, but how good a feeling. That's a, that's the addiction that you want in your life. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you guys experience this with what you do with work all the time. You have these incredible moments um, throughout your career and you think this is this is really great. But it has become a bit of a trap. It's addictive. It's like when you don't get that, you're like, oh, what's mm. happening? Am I, yeah. you know, and, you, and you're constantly chasing that, that moment. I, I think um, one of the lovely messages for kids um and i heard this through um ben crow who who mentors yes. well worked with our party uh, I'm, I'm very good friends with crowy and, and he we were talking about this with our kids and and i he said the best thing you can say to your kids um if it's playing sport whatever it is the message is win lose or draw best on ground worst on ground the message is i love watching you play yeah yeah i just love watching you play and yeah. that's it we don't want them to feel like, I mean, I work, I work with a lot of elite sports people now, a lot of AFL clubs, um, Fitzy, and, and what I'm trying to undo is that these young men feel like they need to win to get people to love them more or yep. to play well yep. because they know that when they play well, it makes their family so happy. It makes their yeah. family so proud. So when they don't win, they have the opposite. They go, well, well they are not proud of me now. Yes. Do they not think the yeah. world of me? Do they not? Um, and so uh, there's a particular young man I'm working with at one of the AFL clubs at the moment who he said, my family went through a bit growing up. We had a tough childhood, right? Mm. Um, but I knew that if I played really well, I'd make everyone happy. Yep. And he said, that was 15 years ago. And now I'm still playing AFL football. And if I don't play well, I think I've let my family down. Yeah. And wow. so we've been chatting to their family about, no, the message is, hey, I love watching you play. That's it. Mm, I don't yep. care if you get five touches or 35 touches. Yeah. I love watching 
play. Um, and we had some beautiful messages come through Origin Camp from the families of these boys just letting them know that exact thing. I'm just right. proud of you. Just right. love it's really good, play. isn't it? Mm. It's, it's... I, think, I think what you're saying too about, uh, you know, you are enough, yeah. I think that's priceless in that yeah. you talk about, you know, family and relationship and performance. I think every kid, and I know I'm not sure about relationships between father and daughter and mother and daughter says, but every guy always wants to do their dad proud. Oh, that's doesn't yeah, matter kids. what age they are. Yeah. You know, I still want to do my dad proud. If yeah. I was to be the best person on radio and it was announced across the world that I was the best radio person and I climbed Mount Everest and I won a Brownlow medal, mm. it's still sometimes for me, but is dad proud? Yep. Mm. And you'll get oh, the, you, you'll get there one day. Do you think so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't played footy since I was 16, but you think I can win a Brownlow? Any day now. Because, Fitzy, I just love watching you play. <laughs> <laughs> You're pain in the arse. No, oh, I love that. Hugh, it is fascinating. I, I, what I really love the most um, with you and guys like Ben Crow now is that you know, parents are really pricking up their ears now and listening to guys like you. Like, I, I, this, uh, the generation of our parents... It was never around, you know? Like, no one spoke about this stuff. And it's... I, I, I just put... You, you put a smile on my face. You, you've always got a smile on your face anyway, which which I love about you as well. And I, I don't know if it's always been like that, Hugh, but I, I think you put smiles on everyone else's faces as well, mate. So we appreciate your time. If you would like to go see Hugh, he's at the Sydney Opera House on September 10. It's the Resilience Project. And you can go to resilienceproject.com.au. Get more details there. Mate, thank you for your time, Hugh, and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Hugh. That was, that was awesome. Well done, buddy. Thank you. The Fitzy and Whipper Podcast.